it's Mr. Blake as per, and well, after that Sunday roasting by the arch enemy, we thought we'd bring some early Christmas cheer and uh, get our special guest on. He's a, he's a former Cardiff True Blue legend. I think he was 1992, which makes me feel rather old these days. I think it was 1992 he, he came to us, January 1992. And uh, has been loved by the Bluebird faithful ever since. So uh, I'll introduce him in a moment, for real. But let me say first and foremost, big shout out to our sponsor, Jeff White Motors. Suzuki's or Subarus, you got it. He's the man, whatever you need, he's the man, right? So uh, I'm say good morning to DT first. Brandon, good morning. And our special guest, special superstar, just to liven you all up this morning, Mr. Edward Newton. How are you doing, Ed? How are you doing, gents? I'm doing really well, Nathan. Even better after that, like, big up from you. I, I feel really good now. <laughs> well, you know, FA Cup goals and, you know, Cardiff City <laughs> goals and, you know, you know, Derby, two goals against the arch enemy and Spurs on your return. I don't forget, my friend. I don't forget. You deserve it, mate. You deserve it. So let, let me introduce you, Eddie, me, Dan, Dan, this is all the Eddie, first time. how you doing, mate? Dan, nice to meet you, Brandon, nice to meet you as well. Nice to um, meet you. I don't think Brandon, like, not to make you feel old, Ed, but Brandon probably wasn't born when you played for wasn't Cardiff. Wasn't born? I was nowhere yeah. near, nowhere near born when you played for Cardiff. Uh, what, year, what year were you born, Brand? 2001. Oh, right. So years after. Oh, God. Years after. <laughs> I, was, I thought he was going to say 394. I was going to say, I'm sorry. oh, you're not that I'm far sorry, away. Guys. No, you're a long way away. Okay, we'll move on quickly. <laughs> to apologise, guys. But, but Ed, you, you just missed out on me. I, I then was Ninian Park's greatest ever ball boy. For this, for this, for this, <laughs> for this season, the, the Nathan and Eddie, you know, the season that you led into after your arrival at Ninian Park obviously set us up for that promotion season. So um, you just, you just missed is. out Big on time. me throwing you the ball from the touchline by the Bob Bank. Look, you went, you went on to do okay, so that's fine. Well, well, well done to you. But look, the, I know the fans, are, you know, our, our listeners are really, really excited you're on and we've got loads of questions for you from the, the City fans and it'll be a bit of light relief after yesterday. So welcome. I mean, no, I mean Ed, after, after yesterday, it was... Let's just say it was a pretty poor performance. That's, uh, I think that's six defeats in a row for Cardiff City. As fans, it's been a tough. It's been a. It's for me. It's been a tough watch for a long time. But um, I don't know whether you've seen Cardiff City lately, Ed, because I know you're over in Turkey. So uh, I don't know how much British football you get to watch, especially Championship. But um, I don't know. Have you have you have you caught up with any? Do you ever come across Cardiff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. Uh, obviously, with the championship, it's more uh, highlighted stuff uh, and bits and pieces. And I keep a, a little eye out on the Bluebirds. Obviously, got a little bit of affection for the club because of the great three months that three four months that we had together yeah. mate, in the back end of that season. I think I had a little bit of an affinity with the fans and I uh, really enjoyed my time in Cardiff. So obviously I keep my eye out all the time um, for the two Blues. Obviously one's doing really well and one's not doing so well, unfortunately. Um, I have seen it, Nate, and I don't want to go too tactical and too in-depth, but from what I have seen from uh, the game, uh, we kind of chatted about mm. it as well. 
um, is that, you know, playing five at the back is five, three, two or five, four, one, depending how they want to set up. Um, it, it's a very negative formation in, in essence yeah. anyway, and puts that, that mindset in the players' yeah. heads. If you, if that makes sense, it's basically a counter-attacking formation and where they're going to, I can see there's a few, like on Saturday, they had a few chances in the first 15 mm. minutes, a few breakaways, a uh, few chances. And, uh, and then after 20 minutes, it was then mm. game done. And Swansea seemed to just take hold of the game and controlled it uh, with possession and, uh, and, and made it very difficult for Cardiff to do anything. The big problem I see is the five at the back, when the ball is on the edge of the box, no one seems to step out to close. The yeah, ball. well, well, they, they cut, well, what, what was evident yesterday, and you would have heard this many times, not many times, from time to time, Ed, in your career as I have. It's okay being behind the ball and thinking, right, we're behind the ball, right? So we're we're safe. But if we've got no pressure on the ball, right, wherever you are, if you've got no pressure on the ball, you're in massive trouble. And if you look at like the first goal, uh, and it was Sunday, by the way, Sunday, not Saturday. Uh, the first goal was like, I, I just couldn't believe the, like one square pass across like the 18 yard box. And the lad's in acres. Like he's got, and I mean, yeah. in acres, I mean, if you're on the edge of the 18 yard box and you've got three or four yards and two or three seconds to get a shot away, mate, listen, I, uh, Dan could do that. <laughs> no disrespect, Dan. Right? Yeah. Dan could get a shot off. So I, I just like yeah. this. This sort of, you're right. This 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 sort of mentality of five at the back, defensive. And the other thing you mentioned was counter attack system. Well, we got no pace in the team. Yeah. You're playing with two wing backs who are centre backs, and no 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 yeah, pace in yeah. midfield across the uh, across the boys yeah. in midfield. And the only player with real yeah. pace or decent pace was Giles. So, you know, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it, it's flabbergasting to me to, to just set up like that from yeah. the get-go. I can't believe it. I really can't believe. I think you just touched on a point there as well, Nathan. Would you, you know, when you're playing your wing-backs or two centre-backs, they've been caught out with that as well. Because what I've seen as well from crossing, when they get caught out on a little counter-attack themselves, the cross to the far post, the person who should be there yeah. isn't there. And there's like one, maybe two people unmarked on the back post arriving and attacking the ball, uh, which should mm. never happen. Mm. Mm. i got a question for you, Ez, speaking about the centre-halves. Have you ever played five centre-halves as a manager? No, I, I would never play five centre-halves. It's not, in, it's not my, my way of thinking. <laughs> should it be anyone's way of thinking, really? Well, what sense is in playing five centre-halves? No, I, I, I wouldn't play five centre-halves. Listen, managers have done it in the past. Uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, Mick's a, a very experienced guy and I know him well, he's a, he's a top guy. I don't know, you know, what happened in the recruitment. I don't know what happened in the general scheme of things building up to this. I, I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you lot will know more, you're closer to it and know more better than me. So for me, I'm very careful to, you know, not slate off the tactics and that because there's always a knock-on effect to why a manager is picking the way he is. Um, so, you know, Mick may be under pressure that he doesn't feel that he has the players to do maybe something else. So therefore, he's resorted to, to, to playing five at the, 
uh, five centre halves at the back and to try and make it solid. But obviously, it's not working. It's not working. Obviously, the two centre halves that are playing wing backs, it's like an alien position to them, uh, and they 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 don't feel comfortable. Uh, they feel out of place, a fish out of water, and and now it's. I don't know how he's going to repair it. I really don't know how he's going to repair it because he's gone so far down the line. We're what quarter away through the season, mm-hmm. and like you're gonna you're you're aging closer to the Christmas period, which is Tough. is oh <laughs> tough ain't even the word. It's yeah, awesome. bro. And like if you're going into that Christmas period on a back of like six losses yeah. in a row, I mean that's to pick the boys up and to go into that schedule is, oof, I don't know how he's going to do it, you know, to be perfectly honest. I don't know how he's going to do it. But there's some real hard thinking for him uh, to do because uh, he has to change something. He can't he can't keep going down this route because it's, it's, it shows that it's not working. It, it, it needs something else. It needs an injection or something else. How and, and how and when, yeah. I don't know. The, the, I think the worst thing I can say about yesterday and the worst thing I can say about, uh, you know, where we've been going under McCarthy and, and, you know, the managers before him, in fairness, is it's just left me apathetic. You know, Cardiff City is one of the most important things in my life. We didn't play Swansea for so many years. We were in a higher division. They were in a higher division. Brandon will know. The feeling in your stomach you get a day of a derby game. You know, you're either going down there, they're coming here... You're having a little drink with the boys at ridiculous hour of the morning because the game's kicking off at like half ten or something like that because the police have got you, you know, you're being run around by the police, whatever you're doing. But that feeling of that game and losing in that game or winning in that game, I'm not saying it's everything because, look, we'll say we're a bigger club than Swansea and we've got bigger things to worry about than beating them. It's not our cup final. But on that day, it means everything. And the worst thing about yesterday was you knew it was coming the team is announced and you've got five centre-backs in again and you think, here we go. You just didn't care as much as, as, much as you should because you can see it, it wasn't out of nowhere. It's something, it's something that's been coming a long, long time. We're getting pumped every week. We were going to get pumped against Swansea if you, if you play five centre-backs. As, as you say, Ed, we had a couple of chances in those first few minutes on the break. You've got to take them, boys. Big game. Uh, you know, that was a decent chance that Giles had. And instead, they're going to pick the ball up. You're not going to get it. You know, we were barely pressing them when they're, you know, they're not a good team either. They were, they were 19th in, yeah, they were 19th in the average. league. We, we, made them look like, we made them look like Brazil 1970. You know, and the confidence for their players thinking, look, we get a good result against these today who are on a terrible run, got five centre-backs. We're going to be heroes now to these to this Swansea crowd, and that's going to set them up for the season and really set them up for their careers. You know those players who scored against us yesterday. In twenty years' time, they'll be able to come back on Swansea podcasts because they scored against Cardiff and they did a swim away gesture to the crowd. You know that's that's how much it means to them. To me, yesterday, it, you know, it didn't mean much at all because that's that's where we've got to now. This club. It's really sad. Dan, it's, it's interesting, like, hearing it from you. You know, at the, at the top of the programme, when I, when I started talking with Nathan about the, the, the situation and seeing five centre-halves, it sets a precedent. So can you imagine what it sets a precedent in the players' yeah. minds? So if it sets a precedent in your head in, as a fan going to the game and you, you see the team sheet and you go, five centre-halves, shit, that's it. I'm expecting to get done already, would you call it? And you're a fan. 
So imagine what it's like as a player going out and going, okay, we're going to have to sit, we're going to have to soak up a lot of pressure, we're going to hardly have the ball, it's going to be a really neg- Can you understand all mm. that negativity going through the mind of, of players? Mm. And, 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 and So it, it, it's difficult, it's a difficult thing to pick up, you know? It's a really difficult thing to pick up and say, okay, stop, this is not working, I don't like it, the fans don't like it, it's not a Cardiff way of playing. Cardiff are always on the front foot, right in your face, don't care who you are, you know, we're going to change the mentality and, and get back on the front foot. That's very difficult to do. If you've been training all pre-season to, to work a certain way, uh, tactically and physically, to change it to go directly the opposite way is a very difficult thing to do. To keep possession of the ball, to have 60%, 65%, 70% of possession, you have to have a different kind of fitness. You know, sitting behind the ball and waiting to soak up pressure, that's a different kind of fitness and playing long balls and chasing long balls. That's a different kind of fitness again. But you have to be really fit to retain the possession of the ball. You know, like me and Nathan have played in possession-based teams. And if you're not fit enough to be able to get up and down the park, to make little angles, see, it looks easy from the stands when you're, you're creating angles all the time. But that, that movement, that constant movement of, two-yard movement there, three-yard movement there, sprinting here, coming back to make an angle for Nathan so he can see me, then it's difficult. Nathan getting holding up someone, he's got a centre-back trying to rip his back off and he's trying to hold him off and find someone at the same time. That's difficult. It's difficult. Then spinning in behind so I can I can find him. It's difficult. And so to, the change will be so difficult because I'm not sure you've got the players at the present moment to do the change. That's what I was just about to say. It's the players. We don't have the players, but that's because of the recruitment. Like you said earlier, you've got to look at the recruitment. And I think yesterday was like a big symbol in where we are as a club, because to be honest, we've all seen Cardiff lose to Swansea. Do you know what I mean? Same way Swansea has seen them, you know, them lose to us. But like yesterday, it just felt a bit more, I don't know the words for it, maybe symbolic, because it just shows like, like when we lost them in the Premier League, that one time on the first goal, it didn't feel as worse as it did yesterday because it just showed what level we, we are compared to them. Like, we're not such a different... Like, and they ain't even on a high level. Like you said, they're, not, they're nothing special. But it just showed how bad we are and how most teams in the championship could just batter us on any given day. Do you know what I mean? Batter us on any given day. With, and we got 26% possession. Two chances the whole game. Do you know what I mean? And it just shows where we are as a club. I, I think that was the most upsetting thing. And like you uh, said earlier, Dan, like I think you get Bradley, that feeling. You, you hit the nail on the head. I think, I think Dan, when you're, you're speaking as well as a fan, it, 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 I heard Nathan speaking yesterday as well. I could hear it in his voice. It's, it's you're distraught of like what is happening and like what's materialising in front of your faces, you know? So, and... You know, it's easy to blame Mick and the players now because they're the ones right in front of your face. So it's easy to blame them. But you got to look down and, and way back. And this is this this has come from far back. It hasn't come just overnight. It's been coming for a while, and now it's materialized in front of your face. And but now Mick's getting a full blown everything from the media, from the fans, and everything. Uh, the players will be getting it left, right, and center as well. But I'm not saying it's not their fault. Obviously, they've got they've taken their part. Yeah, there's all they're taking Absolutely. their part. But yeah, they shouldn't be getting they shouldn't be getting the full brunt of it because 
this is this is systematically been happening. Down well, it's the been line. happening. It's, it's been it's going been... 10, 11 years, Ed. Right, since exactly since the new owners, speak. since the owners, the current owners took over, right? There's been, is it's not a nice place to to. There's not that sort of sort of camaraderie between player, fan, club, club and fan, club and player. There's there's it's lost that sort of. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, but that was a different era, but you know, it's it's it seems it seems to have lost its soul. We seem to just be a football club, right? Functioning and doing the everyday things that's expected of a football club. There's no sort of togetherness, no sort of... There's no sort of... I, I bang on about it all the time, Ed. There's no sort of relationship to its past. It's like it, 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 the new stadium and the new owners came relatively at the same time. And it's, there's almost been like a... Well, you were third division or fourth division or second division. No, you know, there seems to have been like, forget like you won the FA Cup, forget your history in European playing Real Madrid and all that at Ninian Park, forget all that history. You know, there's a, there's a real sort of attitude that, you know, we are above all that. We're better than that. And I swear, maybe not. I don't know about Brandon because he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to. He can't give you both sides of the story. But someone like Dan, I haven't had this conversation with him. But I've said, uh, give me Tony Clemo and you know five thousand City fans at Ninian Park with that sort of passion and love every day, rather than this seeing twenty five thousand City fans in a stadium disconnected from their club or their team or mm. their owner or their chief exec. And there's no accountability, Ed. It, it, you know, the, the people who are accountable want to almost... Uh, they're happy to step back and look and, and leave the manager in the spotlight, right? And it worked with it worked with Neil Warnock because he got a promotion. But it's yeah. not working now. And I always said, I maintain, you keep playing this brand of football. As soon as the results don't come in, if you if you play Swansea yesterday and have a, a great performance, you come away going, how the hell did we lose that? All right? We had like six chances. It should have been like six three. You know what I mean, we had six or seven great chances, blah 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 blah. Listen, we, we won't perform that bad without that good and lose many games. Right? So the performance, the fans can talk about the performance with a bit of pleasure, even though it sticks in your throat that you lost. But the way things are yeah. at the moment, they're not able for years now, right? And those, the hierarchy, we go on about them all the time. We said a couple of weeks ago, you know, the hierarchy, the responsibility now, really, truly, 80, 90% of what's happening now is down to them. Not Mick, not the players. The players have to take some part. The, 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 but they've been brought here, right? So like you said, your recruitment, your scouting, it's all got to be looked at. Your youth, we didn't get no kids from the academy for 10 years. 10 years! You know, I, I would say, like, if that's me, the academy manager, two years, in the third year, if you, you're gone, mate, because clearly something's going wrong here. Coaches, off you go. You need a better academy manager, a better coach. And then the worst thing is, the, the academy doesn't then fit in and the 23s don't play the same way as our first team play. Completely right, different totally different. So no one's, no one's yeah. like you, you, we got youngsters now who've come through, two or three youngsters. 
they're going into the team. You don't want to be playing in a team that's losing because as a youngster, that takes big bollocks, right? To go in yeah, there yeah. and yeah. be the man, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 19, 20-year-old, 20 21-year-old, you, you, you're being asked to be the man. Been there, done that. It's a hard place to be, mate, right? And you, you yeah, don't yeah. want to be there, right? You're, it's almost forced upon you. And in this situation now, where you are on the way down massively, you're, you're all of a sudden you've gone a gradual decline to a, off the cliff. Mate, like I said, you've got to be some player mentally to be able to stand up and say, listen, I'm the man, give me the ball. We don't have no pace. When you talk about counter, counter-attacking Ed uh, with, a, with five yeah. centre-halves, we don't have pace up front. I called two attack-minded players again yesterday, which was Giles and Moore. And I'm like, well, attack is the best form of defence. They're not that good. Go and press them in their own half. Go and hurry them. Go and do this, go and do that. But again, you made a great point earlier. That takes a different type of fitness to then go and keep the ball then when you've got it and make some passes. We get the four or five passes if we're lucky. We can't pass more than... Yesterday, it was like two... Three, gone. One, two, gone. Two, three, foot, gone. It's like, it's like I, 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 I don't know what you do then, what you're doing in training. I, it, it, it does my head in. Because I'm like, what can you be doing in training that you can't pass to one another? You must be yeah. playing seven asides. Yeah, we are, that's like, that's, every team does that. Seven asides, eight asides. You play like English, feed the Welsh or whatever, whatever. You know, it's about passing movement, small spaces, tight spaces, getting out. I just, I look at the whole thing and we've been saying on this podcast and a previous podcast I used to do for years. And we ain't at the bottom yet. I don't think we've hit the bottom yet, if I'm totally honest. I think what'll happen now is another change, another panic change. The decision will be very questionable. And, you know, what you've got now is a set of fans who are vexed. <laughs> right, disillusioned. Absolutely, disillusioned. I listen to Dan and Brandon, and I can see it. I can hear it when they're talking. I can see it in their faces. They're disillusioned with what's going on, and and we got to as you just said, Nate. You got to rip it all back. You got to rip it all back because everyone's just seeing. I always refer to it as the iceberg. You know, like you know, Titanic sees the the, the tip of the yeah. iceberg. So the tip is the players and the manager. That's yeah. what you see. But underneath the water is the main yeah. damage, is the real, the real yeah. powerhouse underneath. That's the thing that rips the hull of the ship up and makes you fall, uh, like yeah, crash the yeah. ship. Yeah, Not the yeah. tip, it's yeah. the bottom. The real players, the so, real players. Yeah. So, you know, that means you... It, the way you're talking, mate, is that the club actually needs to just be ripped up. It needs to be ripped up and started again. It means, like... You're, you're almost saying either the owner comes in and says, right, we've got a new philosophy and change and we're going to go in a different way because this, this is not working. Absolutely. I don't like it. I don't like it. The fans are getting on top of us and this, that and the other. We've got to find a new way. But that means you need to bring in a new kind of thinking mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, you know, people that think in a different way. You know, as you say, you've got to go into academy, you've got to, you know, you either sit down with the academy director because at the same time, his hands might be tied yeah. as well. I don't yeah. know. 
his hands might be tied and he can only do what he can do with what he's got in, uh, at his disposal, you know? So you have to sit down with this guy. He may have actually a real good philosophy and wants to do it, but his mm-hmm. hands are tied, you know? Uh, then it's the, what it is for me, a, a, a really good football club, it has a connection from the board to the manager, to the players, to the academy, all the way into the, into the community. Yeah. All the way into the community, as you were saying, de- you're detached from the mm-hmm. community. So, I would, you know, the soccer schools that you do going and going to the hospitals. Players have to go into the hospitals and see little kids and give them presents, not just at Christmas, but like you know, at certain times of the year. You know, there's people suffering out there, COVID, this, that, and the other. A good thing is like your favorite player walking for the boost. Yeah for some of the, the community, their favorite player just walks through the door and sits down and has a cup yeah. of tea with them after he's been suffering with COVID and, you know, or he's been like, let go from his job or whatever. These things are massive. And, uh, and what I'm hearing from you, Nate, and Dan and Brandon is that football has almost become taking the place of the church. Sorry to say anything, anyone who's religious out there, but mm. it has as the, the hub of the community. You know, the football club has become that central uh, part of the community and, and it has a real, real responsibility to stay in touch with its history, to stay in touch with its community, to stay in touch with everything that club was built on. You know, it's, it's, it's massively important. And if you don't have that identification with Cardiff and you don't understand their history and you don't understand the way they play, uh, walking in the door, then you, sooner or later it's going to backfire on you uh, and it's more than backfiring at this present moment in time and uh, uh, you know for me the, the, the philosophy needs to change at the club you know I went in playing under Eddie May with you Nate and uh, I loved it because I was worried I got on to be honest with you I was worried I'm going to division <laughs> four and I thought I was going to spend more time in the air and I thought I was going to have missiles all around my head and these big-eyed guys trying to elbow me in my head. That's what I thought I was walking into. And I remember speaking to Ed, uh, who was a massive cockney yeah, as well. Yeah, that so, helped. Okay, what's going on? I can't help Eddie. Eddie, I can do inside. Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. No, so he's a proper cockney. So I was like, oh, <laughs> Look like Lenny McLean. Look like Lenny McLean, didn't he? Look like Lenny McLean. Yeah, I'll play for Ed. I know you back in Will's side because I was telling you to. Where do I sign? You know, and then I remember our first training session, second training, second, third training session. I was like, hey, this is quality, yeah. you know, and uh, playing football, yeah. playing football. And he demanded it. He Absolutely. demanded it. He goes, I remember someone that was under no real pressure in training and went long and he stopped the session. I went, what are you doing? What are you doing? He goes, you got a player there. You got a player here. You got a player there. What are you doing yeah. that for? That's a 50 yeah. 50 ball. That's a 50-50 ball. It goes, this is a 70, 80, 90% ball. Keep possession of the ball. I was like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, oh, I've, I've done well. <laughs> I've done I guess, well. I can see how happy <laughs> that's making Dan. Amazing. Dan's reminiscing. I can see it. The smile on your I face was, then. I was absolutely loving it. I was absolutely loving it. And, like, you know, you know and we didn't have, we didn't have much. 
you know, sometimes we had to play in the park across the road. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So you had to play in the park across the road, man. <laughs> you know, you're, you're running around yeah. dog shit all the time. But I still yeah. loved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still loved it because the reason why you love it is because you're doing what you basically yeah. love doing, keeping the ball, being in possession of the ball, working together as a team and, you know, and like that team, we, we, we could play, but we could go to war as well. We could go to war. If you wanted to go to war, we'd go to war with you as well. We could play and go to war. And that's what I loved about it, you know? And there's, there's times where, you know, me and Nathan will have a pop at mm, each other. Absolutely. Like, have a right pop at each other to get each other going. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's because we we wanted it. We we wanted it. You know, we wanted it so bad. And uh, and like and then we got a, a nice run going, and like going to the cup final, and like a good run in the league as well. Unfortunately, we didn't get to the to where we wanted to in the league. But you know, getting to the cup final and everything, I was gutted. Yeah. Chelsea called me back. We played the cup final. I got to the first cup final. I was gutted. They rang me up. I said, "No, no, Gaffer, can you can you just leave me? Just let me play the cup final." He went, no, you yeah. I got your medal anyway. I got it for you. Yeah. It's, it's in the it's in the cabinet. Yeah, it's in the cabinet. You know, all all laughing aside and all that. That that is the essence yeah. of what Cardiff is. You know, it, for me, I, you know, someone else can put me right or whatever. But for me, I don't. I know I haven't spent years at Cardiff, but. Well, I had a good feeling of that club when I walked in. It was as a proper club, proper club, you know, proper down to earth. No, no airs and graces, just proper everyone together in the changing room, having a laugh, being serious when you need to be serious. You know, it was great, great times. And 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 I think it needs to go back to that. I think they've lost that. A lot that lost that 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 feeling of community. You know, we used to hear about that. Not in a good way, but the fans, what, what was happening? <laughs> it was coming back to us on the coach. Okay. <laughs> You're hearing all this stuff coming back. And like, I remember celebrating goals with the fans and jump, like wanting to jump into the crowd and like, you know, and kick off. And I remember the fans running on the pitch and picking me up and everything. Connection. Yeah. Connection. There's a feel, there's a feel of we're together. We, we can do everything yeah. together. The, the fans are the 12th man and, uh, and that, that 12th man can easily disappear. They can still be in the, in the, in the stands, but as Nathan and, and yourself were all saying to me that it's, they're, they're detached. They're there, but they're detached, really, uh, of what's going on. And it's not a nice feeling to, to hear what's going on, to, to see where it's going, to see the results. But... As I said, the analogy that I used, the iceberg analogy that I used, it's been coming. Nathan said 10, 11 seasons, it's been coming. And that is from the top. Everyone's got to stop looking at the wrong area because we all look at the top, the peak of the iceberg. Everyone, someone's got to put their goggles on in a mm. tank and they got to go under the water and they got to start looking where the real yeah, problem is. You know? and, uh, and they got to start peeling back everything. Everyone's got to be honest. You know, it's not easy to you know what, Eddie, about Do you know what, Ed? I think that's that's something I've always been a, sometimes accused of being too honest, right? So, and I think I think that's where, like, this podcast, uh, and myself especially, it, not a beef, 
but there's a, a, a dislike then. I feel the dislike from, from, from the hierarchy, right? But I, do, I, I really don't care because it's not, it's not for them. It's for the betterment of yes. my club. It's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. Yeah. And actually, I know more than you do about this club. And I know more than you do about this game. So I'm not just entitled to it, to my opinion. You might want to listen to it. Right? Because it might just help you along the way. Right? But there's this sort of arrogance that runs throughout that, this, this stubbornness that we'll just chuck more money at it. And I've said, like the owner of Tan, he must be crazy. I f- I, at times I feel for him, but at the same time, I would say he's the check writer. Right? He is the, it, the buck stops with him. And he's, they've got a dilemma at the moment, right? Because they've got a club which is devaluing in price. Every by the week, right? A squad that you're not going to get anywhere near the money that you paid for it, right? Its value isn't great, right? You've got a couple of young lads coming through. But the dilemma for the owner and the hierarchy is when it's in the championship and struggling or doing well, it's not really... uh, I'll have a look, but I'm not really having that, got that interest. So... I would say your best bet is just to sell it, right? But then the dilemma is, well, we want to sell it when it's at its height. So we want to get to the Premier League and then maybe get maximum money for it. Totally understand that. But then you've got the ego kicks in. It kicks in and then says, oh, no, but this is the Premier League lifestyle we want. The cameras are here. We're up front. We're playing Arsenal. We're playing Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, Man United, Man City. The ego kicks in and wants all those trappings, right? So they've got to decide. The owner's got to decide. I, I don't mean the chairman. I don't mean the, the, the chief exec. Those two in Mehmet and Ken Chu, uh, it, it doesn't, they don't matter, right? The problem is the owner has them running things and, well, you can see where we are. Right? I don't need to say it. The evidence speaks for itself. Where we are as a club, like we said, disconnect, uh, team, average, uh, a manager didn't get much money to do things his own way. So he was trying to, you know, bag in basement in it and trying to bring a few kids through, which is good. But we're caught in this perfect storm and we're yet to hit the bottom. And I say, like, I, I keep doing this thing with my finger saying, eventually, two things happen when you fly around, fly around. You either come down and land safely as a bird does to feed or you come crashing down, right? But you can't stay up there, just go around in a circle forever and a day. Sooner or later, you've got to come down. How you come down, well, is up to you. Nate, uh, Dan and Brandon, uh, I'm going to say something that's quiet. will be most probably will choke you in your, in your throats. But <clears throat> I think the best thing for Cardiff at this present moment. Relegation. <laughs> don't, don't snap, don't anyway, snap I it. when I say it, okay? Is to go yeah, down Yeah, we, we, mate, don't worry. We, 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 we are like, we, we, we've mentioned it, Ed. Uh, we know it would help massively with the wage bill, right? Yeah. The fans might go away, but they'll come back. Listen, we had 22,000 when we were doing well at Ninian Park, right? You get 20,000 there if you're top of League One on a charge to get back up into the championship on a charge. 
Without and the fans doubt. can see and hear about the changes throughout the club. That's not a problem. I think yeah, it's, yeah, about, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's all about change. So, look, we are where we are now after years of mismanagement and neglect and, and that's turned, turned into apathy now with the fans. What we want to see is some positive change from top to bottom. And if that's in League One, hopefully it's in the Championship because we, look, if we go down at the moment, what's, what's going to change? We're, we're going to go down again. If things are ripped up and we start again, and there's a new manager, there's a director of football, the board hold their hands up and say, look, we're going in a different direction, then, look, that's, that's a positive step wherever we are. Hopefully, hopefully we can do that in the Championship. As you say, Ed, it's going to take... If someone comes in now, you know, McCarthy's probably gone today, this, this week. What, what do the club do then? If they're going to change the philosophy, change the style of play, as you say, players don't have that type of fitness at the moment to play a different type of football. Uh, and we don't have much, we haven't got much wriggle room at the moment for many more bad results. Um, I think, uh, look, I, I prefer to rip it up and start again in the championship is what I'm saying. But take I, the pain. I, I know where you're coming from. It's going to take three to five, it's going to take three to five years. I keep saying it. Take the pain. Right. Yeah. You're going to, yeah. like I said, we said last year about transitioning and we got Neil Harrison, right? Don't don't think yeah. did never get that one. We're supposed to be transitioning. I say now, at the moment, kind of f the transitioning and just go and get the manager who you want to end up with, right? Uh, unfortunately, you're gonna have to start at the end because the the decision making for the transition, you're not transitioning. You're actually going backwards, right? Yeah. Now you're caught in a perfect storm, right? It's it's it, it it's only going to end in tears, but it's it's been coming, right? It's been coming. Anyway, listen, let's move on. Remember, we're at the bit of swaz on the Twitter, on the Facebook. So remember to like, love, share, and most of all, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Ed, we got listen. We got plenty of questions from fans. Most of them will be older than Brandon, thankfully. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard, is it? Okay. I think our, ba- our, our baby boy, Brad. Baby. I think this. Uh, I'm sure this this T-shirt's older. The than prodigy, Brandon, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Nathan's gonna get his medal. Like, this is all during the war. During the war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We got loads of questions for Eddie. You know, when we when we announced that you were coming on, Ed, the fans. When wild, it was like the Beatles in the 60s going down the street. And I think, look, half of them have asked when you can start as manager and if you can be at Craven Cottage on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> okay, then can I'll give, I'll give Ken my number. I'll, I'll be delighted to become a Don't manager. get us too excited now, Ed. Don't be breaking us in. Yeah, Don't get us excited. Look, Ken Chu, if you're listening, look, we'll talk about what Ken Chu did yesterday in, in a minute as well. But look, we got a. We've got someone who could uh, stop the rot here. Look, half the questions are about that, Ed. But we'll, let's just roll back a little bit on your, your time with Cardiff. Just, I'll just read you out some of the, some of the comments we've had. Um, you know, what a, what a player, different class back then. Richard Llewellyn, you know, what was it like being cheered off the pitch after your final game at Ninian? Never, ever seen that for a lone player ever since, you know. What, what, did, what did that feel like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a standing up for my arms now. I'm telling you now. Uh, I'm getting emotional. It was unbelievable. Um, 
as I said, I, I just developed this affinity with the fans. Uh, uh, you know, the 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 energy, the, the the passion, and everything about the fans was just fantastic. And uh, you know, when you score a goal, and like you could see them in the in the in the crowd, and you know, when I remember we played Burnley, was it? Yeah, Burnley? yeah. <laughs> and and we played Burnley, and there's 18,000. Yeah. We went in Division Four. Went. You what? Is that many out there? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Like when I, you know, being the Londoner from the big city and all that, I come into Cardiff thinking I'm going to play in front of a dog and two and two guys <laughs> like with meat pies. Like I thought, but I'm going there to play football. I want to play football. When you started playing in front of seventeen thousand for a home game, I was like, wow, wow. Now I know what these lot are all about. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, and that that pumped me up more to to go and perform, to go and perform. You know, they they they're paying their hardcore money to come and, and watch me, and I felt responsible to go and, and perform and do Absolutely. something to win the game, Absolutely. do whatever it needed to do to win the game. Felt responsible. You know, I, I could easily say, ah, I'm going back to Chelsea at the end of the three months. I bothered, you know what I mean? But no, 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 no. You know, I I came I came with many things. Uh, one, I wanted to prove myself at senior level to Chelsea that I can play at senior level. Two, to prove to myself I could play at senior level. Three, to win. I'm used to winning. All through my youth, all through my youth, I've won trophies. I'm used to winning, and it got to a certain point at Chelsea where yeah, it started to stop, and didn't like it. So when I came and you got the fans around you and that support around you and the support system, it was like a, like a, a family. It was like a family, you know, and the fans were the extended family. Uh, and like, and like we're already in the best possible way of saying it, we're already a got a war to, to win the game. And uh, that's what it felt to me. And I, I felt privileged. I felt massively privileged to be lifted off the, the, uh, the way the fans treated me in my last Cardiff game. fans are great, man. Uh, they are just so... They mass, are great. Mass, I mean, that, that is... That is a... That's such a... Um, I'm going I'm to put it... Sort of privilege uh, to be to be carried off. as a, Like you say, as a as a lone player for three months. To, to, and it's, it's not... Be, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason to it, right? When you think about it. A lone player coming for three months, done really well for us. We carried him off the pitch. Like, it's, it, it might be when I took you up to um, Abersuckland Rugby Club for the night out there and all the boys and all that. <laughs> or the boys in Lloyd's or, or Chat Chas, you know what I mean? The rest of you know all that, you know what I mean? Getting around, meeting everybody. I, um, <laughs> I, wanted, to get, I wanted to get into this, Ed. Because, well, just, just on you being carried off the pitch, this shows... So I was 11, I remember seeing it on Saint and Greavesy. Uh, on a on a, right, on a Saturday yeah, morning, and uh, whether it was Jimmy Greaves or Ian St John, talking about it then, you know, the lone player Eddie Newton's carried off by the fans, and I was like, "Wow, that's mad!" But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathan's hinted before at these little blues parties he used to take you to, uh, and um, t- tell us a little bit about what a, a night out with uh, Nate was like in uh, the early nineties. Easy now, Eddie. Well, I can't, I can't tell this you. This is what the fans it's want. A, it's a family, it's a family <laughs> podcast. 
Yeah, it's a family <laughs> show. I can't tell you all of it, but me and Nathan, like, we developed a friendship, uh, obviously at Chelsea. Um, I think towards more towards the end of his 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 time at Chelsea, me and Nathan became closer. Um, I think we started having conversations. It, it stemmed. We had quite deep conversations. And I think Nath needed to get some stuff off his chest. Uh, and I didn't realise, and I, I'm quite ashamed of myself, but I was still young, that I didn't realise what Nate had to go through when he came down to Chelsea. We had some deep conversations and developed a real, like, real rapport for each other, you know. And uh, I, I looked at Nathan in a total different way uh, than I did previous, you know. There's a lot more going on there. Than, than I previously thought. Uh, and uh, really, I really liked having conversations with Nathan. I like people that stimulate my mind and tell me something that I didn't know and that makes sense, you know, and I didn't see it from that angle. Okay, let me, let's delve into that a little bit more. And that's what I used to get from Nathan. And I still do, and still do. So I love it. And I love, I love to be challenged. I love to be challenged, you know, you know, and 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 because it makes me a better person. It makes me a better person. I don't I don't fear the challenge, would you call it? Because it also makes me a better person. Because then I can learn something, you know. And I've got to be humble enough to learn something. And Nathan, Nathan and me would bounce things off each other, really seriously. And we looked in, in life in a very similar vein. Um, so got, when I went to Cardiff. Like I was a pain in the ass to the manager at the time, Peter, uh, Portfield at Chelsea. I knocked on his door every Monday morning. I said, why am I not in the first team? The first team I'm in, I, why am I not playing? Uh, why am I not playing? Every single morning. I uh, why am I not playing? And uh, he phoned me up one day. Uh, I was, we had a day off. He phoned me up. Uh, I was just relaxing and I picked up the phone uh, and spoke to the manager. The manager said, uh, right, you've been bugging me for months and you're getting on my damn nose. He goes, Cardiff, I've asked you to come down on loan. He goes, are you up for it? I said, yeah, damn right I'm up for it. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm, I, don't, I don't know who the manager is. I don't want to speak to him. I don't care. I'm going. I'm going. And then I went, I put the phone down. I went, oh, <laughs> Cardiff. Okay, right. Cardiff, who's the manager? Let's <laughs> <laughs> start <laughs> And then... Then I over, and then I'm thinking, hold on one second. Nathan's at Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. I went, oh, hey, Nathan's at Cardiff. I went, okay, that's all I need to know. That for me, that's all I need to know. Done. Pack my bags and I'm ready to go. Ready to go. And uh, so great adventure for me, you know what I mean? And uh, nights out with Nathan. Because... <laughs> Because not, not, not just because of the night out, because the way the night started out, and, you know, I would, he would take me over to his mum's and we'd go and eat some food at his mum's and like, we'd sit down there and his mum like, treated me just like he, uh, one of her sons, you know? And like, you know, and being away from home for the first time, it's, that's important. Yeah. That's important, you know? And uh, this is all the things that people don't see when players go on loan. You know, the loneliness, the separation from loved ones. It's hard. It's hard. And uh, but you know, I felt part of Nathan's family. You know what I mean? One, first and foremost, before anything else. 
have a good Jamaican meal, you know what I mean, to fill up the belly and then ready to go out, you know, and uh, go out. We really enjoyed ourselves and he took me to various places. All and that's, again, another thing. He took me to places that I would have never known, you know. <laughs> hey, 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 so, hey, hey, Browns is nothing on other second rugby <laughs> on a Saturday night, right? <laughs> or Lloyd's on a Saturday night, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I loved it. Brilliant. I loved it. I think it goes back to having a, an association with the city, an association with everything. I know players can't really do that nowadays, but... You know, back in those days, you know, players would go out, go night clubbing, you play, you know, fans will see you, you know, sometimes it can get silly, but other most of the time it yeah. was fine. You know what I mean? Everyone was okay. Most of the time it was fine. Um, and then you, you just enjoy yourself, you know, especially if you've had a good, good win. It's always better if you won the game. And then you go out and really enjoy the night and uh, we had we had some great nights. And I mean that three months seemed like it was like a season yeah. for me because there's so much incorporated in it. You know, I wasn't just going home, having hotel food, watching net, uh, like the TV and then going training. It wasn't yeah. like he was that. Gonna say, you know, he was going to say Netflix, Netflix. there, weren't you? Netflix, turn it around. We were watching the street. <laughs> Coronation Street, mate. Coronation so, Street. Uh, <laughs> You know, Nathan will pick me up in the middle of the day. Come on, you're coming with me. Let's go. We're going to go somewhere. You know what I mean? It take me out oh, yeah. like, of the, 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 the boredom of just doing the same monotonous thing every day. And uh, so that that was the great thing. And, you know, our friendship grew massively yeah, in, the, in those three months. I mean, it massively grew. I mean, the trust... The, the love for each other, the, the, the bond, it grew to, to what yeah, we are yeah. now, you know? you know? I can not speak to Nate for six months, get on the phone and we'll be on the phone for two hours. Guaranteed, guaranteed. Talking about this, family, this, that, politics, whatever. Football, obviously football. But <laughs> that, that's the connection and that, that three months, that three months was essential to that bond. And uh, I'm more than grateful for it because uh, he's an important he's an important character in my life. Well, look, Cardiff fans will love to hear all of that, Ed. That's warmed our hearts on a what could have been a depressing Monday, really. Yeah, brilliant. A quick question to you just while you're talking about loan. How beneficial do you, do you think it is for young players to go out on loan? I know you just said then it's going to be some challenges and that, but how, like beneficial do you think it is and how beneficial was it for your career and obviously you went and had a successful career after that how beneficial was just that four or three months it's, it's, it's beneficial what, what, what everyone needs to understand the loan process is not always going to be successful but it is successful and I'll, let me go back because that sounds a bit offish people that go on loan sometimes this talk say Mason Mount who his, his career has gone from uh, Vitesse to Derby to Chelsea's first team and now he's an England international and he's won Champions League and everything everyone says oh the loan process is fantastic would you call it but there's other people that are going on alone and they haven't had success uh, uh, like in the way that everyone thinks that loan process is one maybe two loans and then straight into the first team um, doesn't always go that way but what the loan does is set you up to start playing senior football. 
to understand what senior football is all about, you know, because if you've been in a dressing room where the manager keeps saying, ah, oh, it's all about development, it's okay, we lost today, don't worry about it, what we're going to do, we're going to work on this and this, that, and, that. and that's how it should be at the lower level. You're working on your game and you're improving and you're finding out. It's not about the result, it's about thing. When you get to senior football, it's about the result. It is about the result because you are now responsible for a whole community because as you say, you wake up after the game at the weekend on that Monday or that Sunday, whenever that game has previously been, it affects the rest of your week. It does until the next game where you can pick yourself up and go, okay, maybe we can get something out of this game. That responsibility you've never felt before. You've never felt before. You've never had a senior player turn around to you and give you a rollicking because you're not pulling your weight. You're not doing what you need to be doing. You're leaving that senior player in, the, in, in, in dire straits because you're not doing what you're meant to be doing. And he gives you a real rollicking on the pitch and in the change room. But he, he's doing it to improve you, to understand, to step up as a man. Uh, and that is the most important thing, the learning process of how to transition from junior football to senior football. There is a big difference. There is a big difference. Just because you're playing pretty football and you're playing the same shirt as the senior players, you're not playing the same game. You are not playing the same game because the game that they're playing is a lot harder, a lot more pressure, a lot more to it than anyone else can see. So behind the scenes, you don't realise in the dressing room, on the training field, training all of a sudden becomes different. It's not as fun as you think yeah. it is because there's pressure building into the next game. You know, can you imagine what them Cardiff players were feeling two, three days going into that Swansea game on the back of five losses? Now, now, now put yourself as a lone player, a young lone player in that group of players. Now, can you imagine your mental state? You pack my bags, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like so, it anymore. <laughs> So that's what the loan process provides, experience, valuable experience to become a man, to step up in senior football, to become experienced and understand that there is more than playing pretty football. Just because you're a good footballer, you've got a great touch, you've got a good ability, you've got this, that and the other. If a senior player sees you and smashes you in the first five minutes, and then you start shaking like a leaf because you don't want to get that, you don't want to hit, get hit again, then all that pretty football and all that's gone out the window. So it's all about mentality, to be able to stand up, to be able to play under pressure, to be able to withstand physical challenges and intimidation on the pitch and intimidation from the opposition fans, would you call it? You've got to handle all of that and still perform, and still perform. So that is the education that players coming from junior football to senior football must learn on the long process. If they're superb, then they go straight into the first team and they do their development through the first team. But there's not many players now, especially now with the high stakes at, uh, in the Premier League, the high stakes uh, to get into, into Europe. You know, there's not many managers that will bet on a youngster to, to come through the ranks and go straight into the first team. So that's why the loan process is, in, is invaluable for all the clubs. And Brandon, you asked, the, you asked the right man there because... 
Cardiff, Cardiff fans know Eddie from his, his three, four months on loan with us. But, Ed, you were in charge of Chelsea's loan system. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, can I, can I just suggest something? Sorry, Ed. Maybe if you, maybe if you came to Cardiff as a manager, you could help put all these things in place and processes in place. Do you know what I mean? Because it's understanding. I but again, I, I, I would probably have a guess that it would probably, not shame, but embarrass a couple of people into what they've been doing to what they should have been doing. And people don't like admitting they're wrong, do they? At the end of the day. Well, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I, I know I don't like admitting I'm wrong. That's yeah, damn sure. Um, but, but I'm never um, wrong, so I don't have to go there. Yeah, that's, that's what that's my business says to me. <laughs> yeah, my business always says to me, you're never wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> so, uh, no, it is. It's, it's a trait in, in humans. We don't like to admit that we're wrong sometimes, but you have to suck it on, take it on the chin sometimes. But look, for me, it would be an absolute pleasure. A lot of work, a lot of work, but it would be an absolute pleasure, a club of uh, Cardiff's ilk, to be going in and, and, and to, to, to establish something like that. Good Brandon. Uh, Brandon's getting all excited. <laughs> He's jumping around his chair. I know that stuff. It's a club that is close to my heart. And, and, and you know, obviously Chelsea is my number one. But, uh, like, you know, Cardiff is close to my heart because of the, the time that I spent there, the way the fans treated me, the way the club treated me, the city treated me, everything. So I've got a really close affinity to the club. Um, so for me, it, it will be an absolute pleasure to, to be called upon, but in the right circumstances, because if, 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 if I'm to hear what Nathan's been saying, how, you know, the club is being run and so on and so forth, you need the tools as well. I know I can do it. Uh, it's, it's proven, but Chelsea gave me the tools to do it. You know, they, yeah, they gave me the tools. And if you haven't got the tools, it doesn't matter how intelligent or how experienced you are and your know-how and this, that and the other, you're, you're going into a, a, a ring with Tyson with one hand tied behind your back and asked to win the world title. You're not going to do it. You're simply not going to do it. So everyone has to be on board if, if it's to be, you know, like, as I said, if it's me or it's someone else, if the club, my, my thing is about the club. If the club is going to go in the right direction, every single person from the top of the club all the way down to the bottom of the club must be aligned. They must be aligned. There must be one... Uh, Common goal. There must be one philosophy coming out of that mm -hmm. club that everyone adheres to. The perfect thing is to be... You know when your team is playing a brand of football and everyone goes, that's Cardiff. That's Cardiff, that's Cardiff, yeah. that is. Then as a fan, as a player, as a director, as a manager, when you hear people talking about you like that, that's when you've got to be mm -hmm. proud because then the philosophy is now gone in front of everything else and it is driving everything that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. When you get to that point, then you can start dreaming about Premier League, Champions League, you can start dreaming about them things because your club is going in the right direction. And you know what happens when your club starts going in the right direction like that because the philosophy is driving everything? Better players want to join you. Better players want to be part of you. 
people at a higher ilk notice what you're doing, get attracted to what you're doing, and actually want to better come investment, to you. better, better, better everything, yes. better community, better, better everything. Better everything. It, it's it's so true. So so do, 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 uh, do, do you have a couple of more questions, Dan, or do you want to? Yeah, link linked link to that really. Um, and as I said, a lot of the, a lot of the questions were were about. Uh, you as a coach, Ed, and and could you could you be there on Wednesday? But we'll, we'll go a bit deeper, just riffing on what you said there. So questions from Tim Wegner. All right, Timothy. Welcome, Tim. Hey, Talking Tim. about philosophy, there, Ed. What what is what would you say is your coaching and managerial philosophy? Well, my philosophy is I like my teams to attack. Uh, you know, I like like my teams to be on the front foot. I, I really do. Uh, I want I want to play. You know, systems are systems. You know, you can do sis- different systems to to appease the players that you've got at the, at the at the club at the time. But it's the it's the mentality, the thought process that you know, I like to deliver in training. Of uh, that, I want my players to be right in everybody's faces at every time, not just on the Saturday or the Wednesday or whenever the game is. Every day, you gotta be on it. You gotta be on it because that then breeds that mentality, the physical state, the understanding of what we're going into a game and what we're going to do and what is expected of us. Um, you know, so the, my philosophy is, is, is to be on the front foot, to maintain possession of the ball, but not just to play. You know, I think people get caught up in this possession-based football. They play possession for the sake of possession and it becomes boring. You play possession to, to try and score a goal. You play possession in one side of the pitch to bring the, t- the opposition over to, to exploit the other side of the pitch. You do, you do things like this. And uh, there has to be a reason why you're keeping the ball, uh, what you're trying to, you're trying to exploit the weaknesses of the opposition and negate their strengths. So, you know, that's why it's important that you understand every single game that you're going into, there's a slight difference into the way you're going to play possession. There's going to be a slight change to the way you press the opposition because of the, the different opposition that you're playing. I think, uh, you know, I want my teams to go and score goals. I want my team to go and entertain. I want them to be on the front foot. That's what I want. I want my defenders to be brave. I want my goalkeeper to be brave. I want them to be brave, you know, uh, you know, to stand up, to be able to play out from the back, you know, and be brave. If they can see the goal, I'll take it on the, I'll take it. I'm brave enough to take it because I asked my goalkeeper and I asked my defender to do that. I'll have a go at them in the dressing room. Don't worry about that. But at the same time, I'll take the flack. I'll take the flack off the media and the fans because I'll take it. No problem. Because this is the way we're going to play. We'll make mistakes. We're human. We'll make mistakes. Okay. But I'll take the flack. But we're going to still play this way. We're we're still going to play this way. And it's my job. And if I've got a director next to me, technical director, sporting director, however you want to talk to me, I might have to go, we need to recruit in this area a little bit better because I need a better standard of player to be able to do what I want him to do. Because this player is not, he's not ready, he can't do it, you know, and it's not fair on the player. You know, so I'm sold. my I'm philosophy sold. is about playing, being part of the players. You know, I want to be, I want my coaches who are working with me, my technical director, we're all in there like working together to get the best out of the players, to get the best out of the, the performances and everything. You know, it's, it's, it's a love, it's a passion that to, to drive the players. I love incorporating new young players from the academy. I want to see them. I want to see, I like to see the excitement in their eyes. 
when they're training with the first team and they're, you know, they're standing next to one of the players that they've been admiring for years. Now they're actually next to him and like, you know, and I want my senior players to incorporate them and get their hands around them and saying, listen, we're Cardiff, this is what we do, you know, this is, this is what we are, you know, don't worry about anyone else, this is what we are, this is what we do. And uh, establishing that, that rule of thumb in the, in the dressing room as well. That's something that I would love to drive in the dressing room, that rule of thumb to understand. Understand the city that you're playing for, understand the club that you're playing for and the demands, the demands that this, this city demands. And, uh, and you have to uphold it week in, week out. Ah. Ed, Eddie, Brilliant. Eddie Sorry, Newton's behind the army. Sold. Right, you've got the job, Ed. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll see you on. Uh, bring it back. I'll bring, I'll bring it back. We'll see you on Wednesday, Ed. Um, you'd, you'll have had a lot of, you know, a lot of high-profile managers during your time at Chelsea and at other clubs. What did you? What What are some of the things you've learned? You've learned from some of those. Uh, I suppose I've learned. Different managerial styles. Watching, you know, Jose. Jose is very clever man. Very clever man. The way, you know, sometimes he can really get under your skin, and uh, the way he goes into a dressing room and he goes about what he needs to get out of the players. He's he's, he's a very clever man. Um, uh, also, learning the tactical building up, building up to a game, how to, to get the information over to your players. He's very, very on the front foot when it comes to that. Uh, he likes technology. He's not afraid of technology. Uh, and he will use it to, to, to get that, that message over as simplistically as possible to players in the time, in the time that is uh, given to him. So uh, very clever. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not going to go to the level of that because he can speak many languages. I've seen him give a talk in the change rooms. Uh, I remember some of the players coming out and telling me he, he, he was giving his talk at the beginning of the when he got in there uh, in English. And he could see whilst he was giving his talk that certain players didn't understand what he was talking about. So he went, right. Said it in English, then he went to Portuguese, <laughs> then he went to French, then he went back. Everyone understand, and they went, yeah, right. Then he went on to the next bit, English, Portuguese, French. <laughs> but I was like, and everyone in the general was blown away by what he just done, you know? Um, and also the way he, he configures training, you know, I think every, all the coaches have learned. He's left, he's left a big mark on the club, the way he trained. And, and, and the club still has that kind of basis of training in that manner that he brought to the club and left. So he's, he's, he, he left a lot of a, a big legacy when he's there. And there's other trinket, trinkets that you can get from other managers, you know, that you hear what they've done, you hear what they said. You know, uh, uh, Ancelotti, I remember he, he brought all the staff together at the beginning of his tenureship. He goes, in football... Everyone likes to moan about the problem, but he goes, I don't like that. He goes, what I want is people around me that find solution. the solution to the problem. Absolutely. Find me the solution, because there's always a solution to a problem. I want people, I want problem solvers. I don't want moaners. I don't want moaners. Because it's easy to moan, but it's not so easy to find a solution. And everyone was, was flabbergasted. And he's right. 
on the body just and it's simple things like that that just gets people's attention that go okay and then you see the people that want to step up for you and the people that kind of go oh, maybe this is too much for me because i'm used to just pointing a finger at somebody yeah. you know what i mean so uh you learn trinkets not it's not all about big things because you have to have your own philosophy you have to have your own drive you have to have your own ability to do things but you pick the best of what you do from other people you know and uh, and the people that you worked with the people that you hear in the industry what they've said and what they've done as well and you you take and you you go does that work with what i want to do yeah that works that doesn't quite work. i like it but it doesn't quite work with what i want to do and you just keep building what you you want to be your your identity to the football world you keep building and uh, and I've had a great privilege to to work at a magnificent club like Chelsea, and work with some great players, um, some great uh, coaches as well. And uh, I've learned some stuff. And what people don't realise at Chelsea, and what we kind of to kind of talked about here to, today on this show, is that underneath that, I keep going back to the iceberg. Underneath that pinnacle that you just see that you don't see at Chelsea, Nathan has seen it because I've introduced him to it, but what you don't see, the working environment at Chelsea is incredible. What you don't see behind the scenes, underneath the water, that's what. That's why everyone goes, how can Chelsea keep sacking managers and keep winning? How, how do they do that? what's underneath why? is unbelievable. Underneath, underneath, underneath them is solid. Is absolutely solid from the community to the academy to the recruitment to the loan process to the first team to the board. Everything is aligned and functioning in one way, going in one direction. That's why they can go, Oops, you're not quite working now. We'll put a new one in. There you go. Off you go. Everything's around you. All the systems are around you. Plug into all the systems and yeah. off you go. And that's what happens. And this is what we, like, if we bring that back to Cardiff now, that takes time. Yeah. That takes time. But if Cardiff want to go to that level, and I'm sure they do, and they have got the ability to do it, they have got the ability to do it, but that, that takes time. And everyone's got to get together and actually understand that, okay, we might have to go two steps backwards. I know that hurts everybody, but you might have to go two steps backwards. Uh, before you can go forwards and uh, you know Chelsea you got to remember Chelsea got battered for the loan process they got absolutely battered for the loan process but look what everyone's saying about it everyone's copying them everyone's copying them I think I think, think coming and visiting Ed so many times at Chelsea I think for me personally seeing those standards at Chelsea and I've always, I've always said I've said it to Dan before I see similarities in uh, Chelsea and Cardiff. I've always said it. Uh, Chelsea haven't got this sort of like Tottenham's philosophy is very nice, play nice. Good. Chelsea's is hard, aggressive, but they play great football, yeah. right? The the, fo- the football yeah, yeah. almost becomes second to the, the the aggression and the strength and the the the, the crazy ass fans. Uh, and so I I, yeah. I, I took what what I learned from yourself and, and being at Chelsea. And it's been great for me to be able to then relay that as, you know, 
you, you like you say, you put your own spin on it. It's no good me saying, oh, Cardiff should do this. But I know if Cardiff yeah. want to get to where Chelsea are, listen, I know the way, right? I know the route. Why? Because I've sat around it for the best part of a decade, even longer, and watched one of my yeah. best mates like preside over something like the Lone Squad. I remember how it started. I remember like you and I having conversations about the press and how they were battering it. But Chelsea just kept like this, right? I'm just going to focus on what we're doing. And I think when you mentioned yeah. Jose... I think what I get from that is he reintroduced because it's it, it's so difficult uh, and I experienced it at, at Wolves to a degree. Um, it's so difficult to reintroduce that winning mentality. People go, oh, you need a winning mentality. And they go, okay, I got a winning mentality because we won today. But it's not, right? <laughs> it's it's it, it's almost like, like a that. life thing, right? Like a life experience thing. Yeah. And you can't have a yeah. you can't you, you might have a winning mentality as a nineteen twenty year old kid who comes into the first team, but then you've got to learn how to lose and you've got to learn how to lose and how to deal with those things and how to grow up and accept that you're not gonna win every game, but how do you come back tomorrow and start fighting again, right? So I think what um what you're explaining is you know, and the insight, listen, it's fantastic. I think fans will just be, like, lapping it up. We've been going, what, an hour and a quarter now, and, uh, you know, fans will just lap up the in insight because it's knowing, it's having a knowledge and experience. Like, we talk of philosophy. We banged on about philosophy for to the point where we had to stop talking about it on here last year because it became, like, the topic because Cardiff doesn't have a philosophy it, it, it employs managers and goes in their direction. But as a, it doesn't employ managers that fits into what we as a club and fans want to adhere to. It, it, it changes whatever the manager... So the club has no philosophy. So it has no central being. And, you know, that, that's where understanding of not just the game as in football, but understanding the game as the business of football uh, entirely... I just think we are we are we are lacking in so many different areas, like I said. But um, listen, we got a we got a we got a special we got a roll on. We got a special section now called Mohammed's Mint or Moan, and that's a good friend of ours, Jason Mohammed, gives us his opinion on the game. So uh, we'll just pause for a moment and hear that, and then we'll have a little riff off it, and then we'll end up rounding off with a, a couple more questions for you, Mister Newton. The morning after, the night before. Cardiff is cold, damp and miserable this morning. Pretty much like that performance yesterday at Swansea City. Mint, however, that we've got Eddie Newton on the podcast. Had some great times watching Eddie, Jerry Harrison and Blakey on the Bob Bank. How we could have done with a bit of that spirit from Ninian Park and those boys yesterday. It was an awful performance. And look, if you can't pass the football... You are simply not going to win football matches. Blakey will tell you that. And Eddie will as well. And we should have learned the lessons from playing five centre-backs. I mean, come on. Should have seen that one coming after West Bromwich Albion. Anyway, best performance of the day. Tom Hardy. I went to see Venom 2. Let there be carnage in the afternoon. That cheered me right up. Keep up the great work, lads. I'll still be at Fulham on Wednesday, mind. Come on, the Bluebirds. I'll be there.
I think Jason might be better off going to the pictures on Wednesday again rather than uh, going to watch City at Craven Cottage. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, uh, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 like I say, I, I, I feel like at the moment, watching Cardiff, the best way I can describe it, it's like, it's like watching your mate getting a good kick in. What, 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 I, I, what I will say, though, uh, you know, and Eddie's obviously spent a lot of time in West London. Uh, Fulham's a cracking away trip. Great away end, lovely old historic ground. Pubs nearby, like loads of pubs nearby where it's about 12 quid a pint. And the yeah. rest. Yeah. Welcome to West London, <laughs> But we always, um, we always seem to have a good, like, do well at, at Fulham. Maybe that's why Rose tinted glasses from uh, just loads of good trips there. But it, it is, when we're in the same division... It is always one of the one of the away trips you look forward to because because of all those reasons. It's not it's not far from Cardiff either. It's you know West London's easy for us to get to, and we're stuck out stuck out on the western edge, aren't we? It can be tough. A lot of away trips can be tough for the fans. So, look, Jace, don't go to the pictures. Have a give it give it hell from us. I would be there, but you know I've got a twelve week old baby now, so uh, my chances of getting to London midweek away games have diminished. I've done my years. He, he sounded. He sounded solemn. He did. He sounded solemn. I think. I, I think. Yeah, but you know, what I can say is this podcast today. Listen, I, I, you know, it's Mister B bringing you numero unos <laughs> constantly. I think. Uh, right? I think what we, we got. We got the man who got carried off the pitch after three months. Right, <laughs> Ninian Park. Like Ninian king, Park, king of kings. You don't get anyone else. King of don't kings. Get what, we've, what we've done is, what we've done again is, you know, we could have just wallowed today. And what did Eddie say that Ancelotti said? I want, pro- I want solutions, not problems. So, solutions. rather right. than just digging through it, we've got Eddie on. That's going to be good for people of a certain vintage who still, still talk about him, still get misty eyed. But Eddie's had this fantastic career and to, to hear everything about the right now, about what this club needs to do right now has just been, you know, this could have been depressing, couldn't it? Usually if we get pumped by Swansea, I'll be switching my phone off. I wouldn't be going on social media. I'd just forget about it till the next day. But instead, it's been cathartic to talk it all through. I think having Eddie on as well would be good for like my, my generation, because obviously, like we've, like we've mentioned a couple of times, do you know what I mean? It's, it's before my time and before a lot of people my age and the younger generation's time. So it'd be good for us to, especially like me hearing about Ninian Park and him getting carried off Ninian Park. I remember going to Ninian Park when I was three years old and that's my only memory of it. But hearing the more stories and I know a lot, of, a lot of boys and a lot of girls my age who went there when they were younger and didn't get to really experience, like you say, the proper Cardiff way. You know what I mean? Throwing coins at their away, away <laughs> players. You know what I mean? Them sort, of, them sort of businesses. We never experienced it. We only know the stories. So hearing the stories, I think it'll be amazing just for the youngers and and for people who were there to experience that. Brand, Brandon brilliant. had to be carried off the pitch when he was there because he couldn't walk. He was that young. That's why he had to be carried. But um, I can walk. I was <laughs> I <can> walk. <laughs> as a as as a ball boy trying to dodge those coins. I tell you what, you didn't get paid. Wayne Wayne Nash gave you this like proper dodgy shell suit, and you would get <laughs> we would get a like a, a two pound voucher that you could spend in the. Um, in the kiosk, the in the tech shop. Yeah, yeah but, together. <laughs> yeah, but you, two quid didn't really get you anything. So all the ball boys clubbed together and you were like, right, we got eight quid, yeah. So you're going to get some like American hard gums, right? Two, what can we get with this? So you club it all together. But you'd make your money up from all the coins you'd pick up off the side of the pitch. So, you know, the, the linesman's getting pelted with coins. You just go along, pick up some coppers. 
Uh, your, your pockets are heavy walking all the way back to Splot, but you've got yourself a couple of quid for your troubles. So, um, look, they're uh, not condoning violence at all, but it were diff- different times, but good times, and that's our club. That's that's who we are. You know? <laughs> yes, yes you, you cannot condone the violence, uh, Daniel, tight. But it was it was it was different times, right? And it, that doesn't mean to say it's uh, justifiable, right? But you know, I I like that aggression and what have you. It can spill over too far. I think when it gets into fighting and all, I just don't think is, you know, sometimes obviously you can't help the situation. If someone's running at you, wading punches, there's not a lot you can do, right? You know, we don't condone that violence, but I think that up to that edge. I liked, do you know what I mean? I didn't like when it spilled over, but up to that edge of like, even like the opposition fans, I don't want to hear the racism shit, but if you want to give me stick and batter me and boo me through the game, you know, that was, that was like, that was like food, man. That was like, (laughs) that was like someone saying to you, do you want to fill it? it, it, I remember going to Burnley and like about, it was only about, 2,000 fans, 3,000, because the game hadn't kicked off. And they just run up the, um, they, they run down the, the, the stand, the one stand on the side of the pitch, like at me for some reason. I think it was because I stood and stared at them and they come in running. So. <laughs> you was the one winding them up, mate. That's what it was. <laughs> but, then, but then you used to love, I used to love then going into the game and having like, and having it with their players then, do you know what I mean? Because the fans can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fans can't do anything. So you go in and you try and take it out on the plate. But I was only a baby. Well, we were babies, you know, when Eddie came to the cat. How old are you, Ed? About 19? Yeah. 19, 19. Yeah. When I we were like away. little kids, like, you know what I mean? Giving it big licks. Yeah, you're yeah. my age. Yeah, your age now. Like me. Yeah. Like yeah. me going out now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But when it's like two, three thousand <laughs> in psychopath fans running up there, you think, <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> look at that cage is there, and officer, yeah, he's trying to climb over. Come on, get, get hold of him. So, um, but uh, listen, great times. And Ed, let me tell you, it's fantastic insight. I think, um, I think there. Uh, listen, no disrespect to anybody who's podcasting about Cardiff City, but you know, the the insight and and the guests we have on, I think, is just second to none, really. So. You know, put it out there to your friends. Brand, get all those young 19-year-olds who, who never known Eddie Newton. They will now. They'll know a, a bit, don't they? They will know a bit. <laughs> you know, it's been just a fantastic uh, podcast. And uh, I like what Jason said there. You know, I'm, I'm surprised he's still going, to be honest with you, because, uh, well, he might be going for what you said, Dan, going up for the... You know, West London, getting himself around Kensington and South Kensington and Kings Road and all that, and a bit of shopping, but, you know. <laughs> Very shopping down Kings yeah. Road. So, listen, we, uh, we're we at Swaz Pod on the Twitter and the Facebook. Remember to like, love, share, comment and subscribe. We're going we're gonna to round off, Ed. We try and round off the, the podcast with something positive. So, we'll have a, a fan's question and something positive. And then we finish with the top five music. That's if the boys have got their music choices. I've got my music choices. Yeah, so you've you got, you got a positive for us, uh, Dan, yeah. the last question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Owen Jones, welcome in. 
Well, Tanner Wine, I like it. Subscribing, get involved. So it's a question for Eddie. He's, Eddie's already told us a class Eddie, Eddie May story already from, from training, but have you got a, another favourite Eddie May story from your time at Cardiff City that you could share with us? I've got plenty of Eddie May stories. He's a ledge. <laughs> I think... Well, I think, uh, let me give you... Let, sorry, Ed, let me give you just a minute to think of one, right? And I'll tell you my one. I think I've said it before, Dan, when Eddie signed, Eddie May called me in the office and said, oh, I'm, I'm signing your mate. We're signing your mate tomorrow. And I was like, who? And he said, like, oh, Eddie Newton. I was like, real? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we're signing your mate tomorrow. Eddie Newton, he's coming in, he'll be here in the morning. So I was thinking, mm, not sure. Next day anyway, Eddie's at the club, right? Because this is long before the days of mobile phones, right? And we didn't have one of those things called where you could sort of not text someone. Pages. You used to have a page. Yeah. <laughs> so we did. We, we, we did. <laughs> Brandon's like, what the? What are you talking about? So we did it. We did have pages. So you just, I just waited for come in. Anyway, came in. Great to see him trained, everything. Buzzed, buzzed I was. I was thinking, I can't wait for Saturday. Can't wait. Anyway, Saturday comes. I'm on the fucking bench. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie played a blinder. He absolute, he just absolutely just done me a kipper. Told me, called only me in. I was up. Eddie came. I was like, oh my god, can't wait to play Saturday. And I, oh, by the way, Friday called me. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm uh, you're not playing tomorrow. I was like, huh? <laughs> wait. Everyone's expecting me to play. My friend is here. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. I'm sorry, son. You ain't been pulling your weight, so I'm sitting you down. Wow, 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 wow. I came off the bench. I think I think I scored a free kick, Ed. I think you just tapped into me yeah, and did. I scored a free kick. And after that, I think that was the beginning of me becoming uh, a, a player at Cardiff. Because after you left, I was then able to carry on this sort of... Carry on, carry, yeah. uh, carry the yeah, weight. This yeah, this weight of, yeah, oh, you yeah. the man, you've got you to gotta, you gotta pull your finger out every game like. But before that, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but it was that shock to the system when Eddie just hit me with a defib. Boom, <laughs> have that. You're not actually, oh, your mate's here, yeah, but didn't I say to you, you're not actually playing. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So... That's my story of Eddie Bay. Played me like a like a deck of cards. He was brilliant. Well, one of the stories that I'll come out with, it wasn't fair to the rest of the team, but I knew he wasn't going to hammer me because I was a lone player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come in, we're 1-0 down. And like, we're not playing that well, right? And he is gone at the whole dressing room. I've got my towel over my head. And I'm like, I can, you can just see me doing that because I'm cracking up because he's absolutely hungry. He's a beast, wasn't he? And there was one player, there was one player that he, he, he tried to have a bite back at him. Oh, that was the wrong thing. I, I swear to God, I nearly fell on the floor laughing. He had a little snap up and Eddie tore, he literally tore his skin <laughs> off everything. <laughs> He was probably surly. Surly always used to bite back. Yeah, I think it was surly. I think it was surly. He couldn't help it. He had a little nibble Every back time. And, just, and that was it. And he, and he wanted to kill him. The raw, mate. <laughs>
but th that's what I mean. It's like it goes back to the passion, isn't it? it? It goes back to the passion again. You know, you go into the dress room and like you're one nil down. You're not playing well. It's not. I come on, lads. Let's just that. He just went bang. He went at everyone and livened the whole dressing room up. Just livened everyone. He just went at it. He didn't care what he was going to come back with. And like, obviously, he hit Surly with a real thing. Walked out the dressing room, most probably on purpose. Walked out the dressing room to leave us to stew and to see if the seniors will pick everything up, which they did. They got around Surly and picked him up. I think Nathan told him, when you just shut your mouth <laughs> yeah. once in a while, just take it. Just shut up, sir. I was still under my tail cracking up. <laughs> Eddie's redness is going up the levels, like, and it's like, we used to call him the lion, right? We used to call him the lion, like, because he he's like a big, yeah, like, man. cockney, he looked like a bare-knuckle fighter, didn't he? Like, 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 like that. Yeah, and he was like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, he had a massive head, yeah. like, lovely guy. Yeah. But mate, he was he was you could tell he he'd been in some rucks in his time, mate. I yeah. tell you straight. So I used to just we all used to say this, Shirley, just be quiet. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you no, know, no, but it wasn't my just just shut up and take it. Just shut, shut up, up just, take just it. Just shut up. It may not have been your fault, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up. Because mate, he's about to pull your head off, like he's like the like yeah. the straw man of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> he got my legs and found him over there. Then he got my head and found it over but, there. But what a second half it was because <laughs> when we went out, we went and slapped the opposition. Proper slapped them. I mean, we scored within five minutes of the second half, and that was it. It was the Alamo. Yeah, man. And, uh, like proper. You know what I mean? And it's because of that passion that Eddie came and demonstrated. You gotta have that side of you if you've got to be a manager. You gotta have that side, you gotta have that edge, you know. Uh, you need the players need to know when they need to step up. And and that's your job sometimes as a manager to get right into the players and make sure that they understand their responsibilities uh, to each other, to the team, to the club, to the to the city. It all blends into one as we keep been talking. It all it's the it's the internal family, it's the external family, it, it all blends into it's the one. Quam. It's yeah. the Quan, yeah, as yeah. they say on Jay Maguire. Yeah. The Quan, the Quan, yeah. the Quan. Super. Well, listen, yeah. mate, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. We're going to finish now with the with our top five. So, Ed, you'll remember some of these tunes I'm about to drop for Man of Man. So, we'll let young Brandon go first because he looks like he's, he's got I'm his, his thing together. Right? He's looking down like, man, I got some tune for you too, you oldies. <laughs> so, go on. Well, and I'll start off with, yeah, I'm just going to bang them out straight five. five. I'm not going to speak about it. I'm just going to bang them out. I got Jungle, A Boogie With A Hoodie. I got Cream, Wu-Tang Clan. I got All Falls Down by Kanye West, old Kanye. And then I got Spanglish by J.I., Prince of New York. And then just to finish it, I got Pop Out by Polo G. Dandy Dan? Well, I'm going back to 1992. Yeah, cast, Dan loves a retro. Cast your mind back. Eddie's roaming around Linnean Park. These tunes are blasting out in the pop charts. My first one, Arrested Development, Everyday People or People Gee. Every Day. So this is good to just okay. taking me back to being 11 and Eddie and Nathan at Linnean Park. Charles and Eddie, Would I Lie to You? Would have been number one around the time. Creep by TLC, 1992. Oh. Um, and then like a rave banger, Utah Saints with something good. And then the last okay. one, because I'm an indie kid really, is uh, Friday I'm in Love by The Cure, which was 1992 as well. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, well, I got my little groove thing. We got Mary Mary, Shackles, right? Uh, Brownstone, If You Love Me. Uh, a little, little, you know, little kutch up, kutch up tune. Uh, Young Disciples, <laughs> Apparently Nothing. Absolute classic. Innocence, Natural Thing. That's for the real soul heads. And Naranda Michael Walden, an old, like, soul dance tune, I Should Have Loved You. I Should Have Loved You. That's kind of like the main chorus. Sounds, sounds, sounds just like you probably thought I put a record on right? A record. <laughs> you probably thought I played my phone there for a second. You know what, Nate? I've got to say something. When you was at Chelsea, I thought... Jay, he's got this kind of voice. He's got this kind of voice. Like when he speaks, he's got this kind of voice, voice. man. Like he kind of gets you with his voice. I bet he can sing, you know. And then you open your mouth. Oh, <laughs> Birds flying out the Stamford Bridge. What the shit is it? Like, la la la. No, mate. I've got I've got a great speaking voice. I've been told, but. When it, people say, "Cause can you sing? And you're Welsh. That's what you say to me. Like, what the shit does that mean? Well, you know, Welsh choirs. You, you must be able to uh, Okay, do you really want to hear this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then his fingers in the ears. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you jam your finger or something? Shocking, <laughs> 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 uh, mate. It's shocking. But anyway, that's the top five. So remember, we're at the Swaz Pod on the Twitter, Facebook. Remember to like, love, share, comment, subscribe. Once again, Ed, massive thanks to you. Fantastic insight. And something that'll pick our fans up on a Monday. They listen to this this evening, tomorrow, Wednesday. And uh, I'll get some of the reaction and, and send you a few of the, 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 the Twitter sort of reaction from some of the fans because they're called uh, tweets names yeah it'd be fantastic it'd be fantastic uh, uh, pleasure gentlemen seriously really enjoyed it really enjoyed time. thanks we'll finish off with that bluebirds this has been a jams and mr b production